0: and welcome to the short stuff. I'm Josh and there's Chuck and this is short stuff and this is the special Christmas week version of short stuff. So for this ver- for this episode Chuck we're going to do a special Christmassy themed one that also you can make an argument is card themed as well.
1: That's right and we got to give a big shout out to our stuffy snow army member and old friend Robert Paulson. Huge. Paulson now sends us Christmas ideas every year as a gift to us, I think.
0: Yeah. He actually says this is your holiday gift for me, so don't expect anything else. But he, and they're good ideas. Yeah. He's, he's like, I just want to make sure that the, the the Christmas episodes never dry up or go away. So he's doing his part, which is pretty <laughs> sweet. And he's not the only one. Every once in a while, some other people send some ideas. But Paulson actually sends links. <laughs> so it's That's pretty right. amazing. And this is one of them. He suggested we do one on Christmas cards. And thank you, Robert. We're going to do that right now.
1: Yes, and also thanks to T Town Britannica, Victorian Albert Museum, and Smithsonian, mm-hmm. and we need to talk about Sir Henry Cole, one of the uh, one of the early pioneers of industrial design. Yeah, I
0: don't know if he's known as the father of it or not, but he very well may be. He's not okay, but he's close. He's the we'll call him the grandpappy of industrial design. How well,
1: the father came after. It's one of those things where like you know he probably he's probably is the grandpappy
0: so he said that he laid the germs of a style um, so yeah i guess that was that's not being the father that's the the grandpappy so um that's not the only thing he did. Just doing that would probably be enough to be remembered. But he was like a civil servant. He was a patron of the arts. He was an important figure in the U.K. in the 1840s, 50s. In 1852, he became the founding director of the, um, the Victorian Albert Museum, which is a world-famous art and design museum. Um, and leading up to that, he was just kind of like a, a, a man about town and he made a popular lot guy? he was a very popular guy apparently a good person and he made a lot of uh, friends and acquaintances and that actually became problematic for him chuck because one of the things that was a tradition <laughs> in Victorian England was that around the holidays you would write a letter to your friends and relatives and acquaintances people you cared about and um that was fine. Like Henry Cole could have conceivably gotten away without writing letters because he was a very busy guy and still the Victorians would have considered him polite and genteel. It was a different side of that same tradition that eventually tripped him up.
1: Yeah, you got to write people back, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. And I think we all can identify with an email inbox. Uh, where you have to write these people back. You can't just ignore these things, and you couldn't back then. You can't now. Mm-hmm. I guess you could, but you'd be rude. So he would get letters, lots and lots and lots of letters, because he was a popular guy. And he found himself in a bind around the holidays because he just didn't have time to get back to everyone. So he invented the Christmas card.
0: Yeah, it's it's indisputable. Like, he was the guy that did it. Um, and he did it by being a big old patron of the arts. He... Um, got in touch with a friend of his, John Calcutt Horsley, and said, Horsley, you old dog, can you please draw me a great holiday-themed image that I can use to transfer a thousand times on cardstock? And Horsley did just that. He made a very sweet little design. In the middle is uh, Sir Henry and his family, uh, I think a few generations of his family, and they're all toasting and um, engaging in merriment. Then on the side, they're helping out like the poor, Um, And then at the top, it says two, colon, blank. And then I think it said, like, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year uh, from Sir Henry Cole. And there's maybe a little bit of a space for him to, like, write, like, a huzzah or something as well. But that was it. That was the first Christmas card. And he sent him out in the Christmas of 1843. Brilliant
1: idea. Time saver. Uh, Although people in Victorian age didn't think it was was a little bit of controversy to it. Mm Because they were like, you know, you, you didn't – the point of these Christmas letters is you tell everyone what's going on. Right. You catch everyone up on your family, what little uh, uh, Timmy is doing, uh, what little Janie is doing, um, how bad our alcohol problem is as parents in Victorian England. <laughs> sure. What kind of various diseases are going through the family right now. Right. And we get none of this with this card. And he went, yeah, but you know what? You're missing the point. That is the point. I'm thinking about you guys, what more needs
0: to be said? Yeah, stop being so grabby, so needy. Just accept your card and be happy for once. Yeah, like today. So this required like a little bit of a transition for the Victorians to to get over this, this this kind of social transition from these very long drawn out letters and the the expectation that they'd be replied to to these slightly impersonal, at least compared to letters, Christmas cards. But they actually did finally kind of stick. It wasn't like an instant hit, but by the 1860s, they were definitely there. And they were helped along, Chuck, by a few um, other factors that all kind of converged together that basically said Christmas cards are it, and they're here to stay, and no one cares that little Todd caught cholera this year. We don't want to hear about that. We just want the beautiful image and the Happy New Year and, and Merry Christmas well wishes.
1: That's right. And we'll get to those convergences right after this. All right. So the Christmas card is invented. Christmas started to become really, really popular as a holiday in Victorian England. So that all of a sudden was converging with the invention of the Christmas card, which also converged with uh, the UK or at least Great Britain introducing the penny post mm-hmm. where anybody gets into postcard for a penny, which was affordable for almost everybody. And all of these things kind of coming together at once meant all of a sudden the Christmas card was a real deal thing.
0: So one thing about that penny post was that Sir Henry Cole uh, himself actually helped get that passed through Parliament, which is pretty neat that he had his hand in that as well. But um, also one of the other things that cemented Christmas in the aisles was Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, like really laid the foundation for how we understand Christmas today. And that book came out the same year that Sir Henry uh, mailed his first Christmas cards back in 1843. So all these things came together. And like I said, by the 1860s, Christmas cards were happening, not just in the uh, UK, but they'd made their way over to the US as well.
1: That's right. And the first American printer of the card was uh, Louis or Louis Prang, who was in Roxbury, Mass. And he debuted his cards in 1873. Uh, and he also held the design contest. So I think some of these printers were entrepreneurs. They knew how to run a printer, weren't necessarily artists. right? So they would do, people still do, you know, uh, commission artist contests today. And That was kind of the first Christmas
0: cards in the United States. Yeah, and so uh, for a little while there, it looked like Christmas cards were going to go the way of disco would eventually go uh, a century or so later. Um, With the introduction of gimcracks, which are also called gigaws or doodads or whatever, they're just basically little... um, like a figurine or costume jewelry, I saw somebody explain. They're just a little something you can mail very easily. It says, here's your Christmas present, I'm thinking of you. And those actually replaced Christmas cards for a couple of decades in the United States.
1: That's right. About 20 years, they went away, but they came back. Uh, I think once cameras became a bigger thing, you could include a photo of the family, which was a big deal. Uh, Offset printing came around. You could do... Multiple colors, you could do that green and you could do that red at the same time. And it made them cheaper, too. Of course. And then 1915, Hallmark finally comes around and starts making Christmas cards. And uh, they, as well as Louis Prang and other folks, they commissioned works from great artists, including Salvador Dali, (laughs) Norman Rockwell, Grandma Moses, and Jackie Kennedy.
0: Have you seen Dali's Christmas um, cards?
1: Yeah, it was pretty. I mean, I love everything Dolly does. Yeah,
0: they're pretty cool. One of them is Santa Claus growing out of the snow. It's like Dolly doing a Christmas card. It's perfect. Yeah, it's great. The but um, Hallmark also owns the um, best-selling Christmas card of all time called Three Little Angels that debuted in 1977, which you have almost certainly seen um, because it's still in print today. You can still find it today, but it almost looks like a drawing of some kind of precious momenty. Um, angels and like three, like they all are are praying, but one of them's like got her eyes open and looking at you from the card. Um, but that one has sold something like 34 million copies at least. It's a lot of copies. That was a a gangbusters Christmas card. It's the best Hallmark could have ever hoped for.
1: That's right. Uh, these days there are digital alternatives, a lot of people just send either on social media or through email or something, they'll send a digital version because Christmas cards are pretty wasteful. Uh, there are 2.5 billion holiday cards sold in the U S every year. And that's enough to fill a football field, 10 stories high. Wow! And so if you're going to do Christmas cards, you might want to look into uh, not using an envelope. Just use that postcard. If, if you got to mail something, uh, maybe look into recycled paper. Post-consumer recycling is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe use wood-based paper, maybe use hemp. Or veggie fiber? This one's sad. This
0: next one is.
1: Well, you cannot recycle... The glossy ones or the metallic finishes. So if you're going to use those, those are going to go in a landfill.
0: Yes, and they're going to have to be fully replaced next year by brand-new trees, which is sad. That's right. Also another one, and by the way, this is from T-Town, which is a nature preserve in the Hudson Valley. Their blog suggested these. Um, the last one is hilarious because it's going to make some really great friends out of the people who you work with throughout the year. But do you want to contact your dentist, veterinarian, or, you know, other people and say, can you please take me off of your Christmas card?" yeah (laughs) which is awkward but it will save the planet so it's worth it because do you really care what your dentist thinks of you
1: no i don't i need to go so they don't like me right now yeah uh i've never sent christmas cards in my life uh we don't do it but i do appreciate it when people send them and i uh want to shout out emily's aunt peg uh, who they do the the Christmas newsletter every year, mm. which I really love. You get a big, uh, like one page sheet about the family and all of those things we talked about, catching everyone up on what everyone's been uh, doing throughout twenty twenty one and on into twenty twenty two, and it's really really nice. So mm. big shout out to Aunt Peg and uh, her cousin Alex for this great Christmas tradition in that family.
0: Yeah, Todd got cholera this year.
1: Yeah, hopefully that doesn't happen.
0: So a big shout out to Aunt Peg always means everybody that we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays and that short stuff is out.
1: Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite
0: shows.